Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, this is the Relaunchables podcast. I'm Jordan Holzer, and on today's episode, we are bringing on a very special guest. We are having the star of the 13th year, Chess Starbuck, on for an exclusive interview to break down the casting process, some of his favorite memories from set, and whether he'll even let his kids watch the acclaimed film. So let's get into my interview with Chess Starbuck, and just because I love hearing it, let's roll the Disney Channel original movie, Intro Music. Thank you so much for coming on the Relunchables podcast. Uh, we just broke down the 13th year, and I wanted to kind of start with your name. I believe Chez Starbuck is a stage name and wanted to get a sense of why you chose it when you started acting. <laughs> well, uh, my name is uh, Cesare, uh, so no one could ever say that. The way that it's spelled, it's C-A-E-S-A-R-A-Y, so they always call me Cesare or Cesara. Um, so then I just went with Chez, just cut it short and then put C-H-E-Z, but then people started calling me Shay. But, uh, my, my mother's maiden name is, is Starbuck. So I just used my mom's, uh, maiden name and then, uh, my first name and just cut it short. Gotcha. And when you first started, I understand that you were a kid's anchor on a local television station in Las Vegas before the 13th year. <laughs> How did you get involved in that? And what were the news stories that children were reporting on? It wasn't whether, like, Beanie Baby's stock was going up or down, was it? <laughs> no, um, I, I actually went to my local uh, mall, and uh, they, were having like a, they were having an eating contest for Subway. Um, at the, at the same time, like when I was there, there, there was like, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred kids that were trying to audition for this to be a, a news anchor for Channel 8, which they were going to interview like uh, Bette Midler and Carrot Top and anybody that came to Las Vegas, they were going to have uh, kids uh, interview them for, for Channel 8. And, uh, you know, I was sitting there just waiting for my turn so I can get a whole bunch of free subs. And my friends, my friends were like, nah, man, there's no way that I, I bet that you couldn't uh, get, get that job. And I was like, okay. So I went over there and I got the little script and I, I memorized it. Cause I was, um, how do you say it? Uh, I, I didn't have a, uh, I, I really couldn't read well. So uh, uh, out loud. So what I would do is I would memorize everything. So I almost, made myself have like a photographic memory if i read it once um then that it, it was there so i would just read it and i would i knew exactly what it was so i, I read it and uh, i was just waiting for my turn to go eat my subs and then they called my name and i went over there and uh read you know their script which is like hey my name is uh Ches starbuck i'm here at uh, the, the local water world and and blah 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 Anyways, they loved it, and right there on the spot, they said that uh, I had the job. So I became uh, the news anchor for, for Channel 8 for the next uh, four years. 
that's unbelievable and definitely not a bad skill to have having that uh, photographic memory on uh, learning lines of script. Uh, what do you remember about the casting process for the 13th year? For my research, I believe a swim test was part of the audition. Yeah, that was that was uh, the second part. But, you know, the first part was um, uh, Disney saw me on uh, Channel 8 and then they asked me if I would like to come and audition. Uh, there was uh, a lot of other like uh, normal, uh, the, I would say Disney actors like the kids from, you know, the, the uh, I would say what, what was the lead from Jack Frost. Uh, yep. and so there was, there was qu quite a few kids. So I went in there and I read and I never thought I was going to get it. Um, and then they, they called me back and they said, Hey, we have the swim test. Uh, we're going to go to a swimming pool. We're going to see who can hold their breath the longest, who can swim from, um, uh, one side of the pool to the next, um, and, and so forth. And when we went there for this, for the swim test, I was like, well, I already got this because. I was already um, trying to be, I was, I, I, I wanted to be a, an Olympic diver. So I had already had, you know, had lots of practice and I was like, oh, well, these kids can't beat me. I can hold my breath for four minutes, uh, you know, and I can swim uh, faster than most of them. Uh, so when we went to the, the little swim practice, you know, we, everyone was like, okay, everybody go under the water at the same time. And I just told myself, I'm just going to hold my breath. Uh, until everyone else goes up and then I'll come up after them because that, that that wouldn't be a contest and then when we swim from one side of the pool to the next uh, that was easy because I was pretty used to that so I uh, after after that one then they just basically just gave me the role but it was only within two weeks you know of me being like oh I'm never going to get this role this is just ridiculous all my friends are going to make fun of me for this but <laughs> why not go ahead and give it a try? And then all of a sudden within two weeks, then I was, uh, I was a, a Disney star. That's unbelievable. It must've been a pretty badass move coming up from the water when all your uh, peers are already uh, there breathing pretty hard. So that's uh that's pretty awesome. Uh, what memories do you have when you look back on that time shooting the 13th year? Well, there's a, a couple that were, that were really awesome. I mean, you know, one of my, favorites was you know anything that had to do with the water was really cool so when it, 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 even though it's only a brief moment in the movie when I had to jump out of the water and then to dive back in um, that was like one, that, that's when they they paid a lot of money for so <laughs> we, we rented out this um, this Olympic swimming pool they had a pulley from one side of the pool to the other side of the pool uh, if anybody knows where the pulley is, it's, uh, you know, it's just, just a big winch, you know, it's something like that, that pulls up an elevator. So they had that, that, go, that went up about 200 feet to the rafters and then it went all the way down and then it had a, um, a handle grip, which you could, which you, which you held onto and then you're under the water 20 feet and then they counted to 10 and then you got off the respirator and then they, they turned it on and it would yank you out of the water. And then at, at a certain point you would let go and you would fly, you know, over to the other side of the zooming pool and, and land in, which, which didn't really work because when they yanked me, I flew all the way to the other side of the zooming pool and almost hit uh, the side of the water. So I was like, I was like at the side of the pool. So I, I flew probably 75 feet and then went into the water. 
And everyone freaked out. And they're like, oh, my God. They're like, oh, my God, we almost killed this kid. And so they're like, oh, well, may, what, what else could we do? And so then they built this gigantic tower. So it was about 25 feet out of the water. Uh, it was just a big tower, and I had these two gigantic guys that held on to either side of me uh, with my fin on, and then they would just count one, two, three, and then throw me uh, into the water, and then I would dive into the water. But since I had a diving background, they didn't really uh, find it necessary to uh, have have a stunt double. <laughs> but, they, but that's when, when you see that one when I'm at the end of the movie, when I'm jumping out of the water, and then I go back into the water. That was yeah. just two guys throwing me off this gigantic tower into the water. Oh, my God. Thank God you're all right. You may have shut down all of Disney Channel original movies if you've gotten hurt there. So uh, good thing from that. Um, from my uh, little bit of half-assed Internet research, I saw that there was an acting coach on set with you every day. What do you remember about working with that individual, and do you think your acting improved throughout the shoot? Uh, well, Chip Fields is, is an amazing uh, acting coach for, for kids. Uh, she really knows how to talk to you, uh, to, to help you interpret what you're actually reading, uh, and then uh, to help you, you know, display what what the director and producers want. Uh, she's great. I mean, the first time I met her, I went to her house and Usher was there, uh, Kirsten Storms. It was just like a lot of these like child actors at the time, like like at her house for like this acting session. And, you know, she would, she would just literally tell you, you know, she's like, Chez, stand up, you know, put your shoulders back, show that you're, you know, you know, you're a pronounced actor. And then this is the way they want you to read it. So she just taught me over and over again, like in my trailer, like this is, say the lines exactly like this. So, I mean, what an act, acting coach does, if you're ever on a movie set and you're ever like, you know, if someone's like, Tell you the truth, if you don't know how to act, if you have a right look, they're going to find an acting coach that will teach you how to act to deliver exactly what they want. So it's never really about your acting skills. So when you're going to these auditions and you're like, oh, man, I'm such a good actor, and you're just trying to deliver these lines, it's not about that. They're looking for a look that fits the part, and then they will find an acting coach coach that will help you become that part and that's exactly what she did for me uh she also helped justin and courtney and she was uh, she helped usher and she there's kirsten storms there there's so many people that that chip fields was was helping at the same time but she would teach you how to act exactly for the part that you're reading for and you would do it not once, not twice, not a hundred times. You would do it a thousand times until it was ingrained in you. And then when you went on set, you that that's it. You just you just said exactly what you've been practicing uh, for the last like two weeks before you actually went in there and said what you had to say. Wow, unbelievable! And it couldn't have hurt having uh, an established actor like David Coulier on set. I'm not sure if you watched Full House. I'm sure probably like like myself, everybody was doing so at the time. What do you remember about working with him? Well, Dave Coulier was really cool. Um, you know, I've, I, I've known uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley for a while, um, you know, even before that. And then they, they cast me in uh, Mary-Kate and Ashley's school dance party. 
uh, they wanted me to be in their movie. But, I, you know, that whole um, Dave Cooley, it was really cool. But, he, you know, he's just he's just a, another professional actor. So when you're on set, he's just he helps coach you. You know, it's like, hey, Chad, you know, calm down. Uh, this is the way you need to say it. This is what you need to do. This is going to be my reaction. And and you basically just rehearse before you ever say it. He's he's actually helping you coach you through what the scene is. So he's like, Chez, say do it this way with this uh, kind of monotone. Uh, and then I'm going to say this, and then you're going to say that. And then you just practice it over and over and over again until when they say action, it's exactly the, the way they want. But you got to remember that you got to remember that uh, you know Disney and you know like Warner Brothers and all those uh, those the, uh, those areas all they're doing they want very high dramatic acting so it's just like soap operas so if you're you know they want you to be like over excited and 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 all that stuff and he was a great coach for that because he's been doing it for many many years. Sure. And I think that's why these films have such emotional beats to them and they move so quickly. They really fly by the hour and a half. Um, and I'm curious, what do you remember about finishing the shoot and going back to school before the film came out? Did you tell your friends at school? Were you just going back to being a normal kid in between that time? No, when I, um, even before that, uh, when I was uh, working with, with Channel 8, um, I had uh, transferred out of a normal school to um, Las Vegas Academy of Performing Arts. So I was in a performing arts school. So everybody was an actor or dancer or model or, or, or something. So everybody was along those lines. Now, when you're in a normal school, you get a lot of kids that, you know, that, that aren't on, on that, that same path. So then you get a lot of like people trying to bully you uh, and, and so forth. So my parents were smart enough that moved me to a performing arts school. So when I, when I was starting in, um, channel eight, and then when I actually did that movie, I just went from, you know, being in those in, in, on the TV show and then also to the movie and then back to a performing arts school. And then I only did that for a little while until I, I had to do homeschool because then I was doing other, other shows and, um, other TV shows and movies at the same time. So, if I went to a normal school, I would have been probably, <laughs> I've been probably nervous because I would have had to fight all the time. But when you're at a performing arts school, there, you know, all the kids there are um, are for you. They want you to succeed. They want you to be a, a great performer, um, and they want you to be in movies. They want you to also be on the stage and so forth. So, uh, Las Vegas Academy of Performing Arts was a was a great place that my my parents uh, found for me so i didn't have to worry about uh, after coming out of uh, out of the movie i just went straight back to doing what i was still doing sure and do you think when the film ultimately came out did your life change at all i'm sure you must have had because those films were watched by millions of people across the country uh there was not enough not a lot of things on at the time but again there was no social media I don't know how how your life changed on a day to day basis after the film came out. <laughs> well, well, uh, it went from you know my my parents have always had money, um, but I was able to get a, a lot a lot more money. So uh, it changed in that fact that I was 
you know, besides that and the other stuff that I was doing, I was, uh, you know, I had, you know, an M3 BMW. Um, I had my own, you know, three bedroom apartment. Um, I, you know, so in that, that fact, I, you know, the money came in was, was really good and the residuals. And then I was doing commercials and stuff like that. So that was different, you know, instead of asking my parents for money, you know, I had, I had plenty of it. Hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, and then the other thing is that people recognize me, which I wasn't used to. There is no, there wasn't, like you said, you know, there wasn't Instagram and Facebook and, you know, there was only like MySpace. Um, <laughs> but, you know, when I went out on the street, like if I was just like at a, you know, local shop, people would just be like, oh, you're, you're just Starbucks. But um, after I did that for, I don't know, almost a year, I went on the road with Disney and did a stage tour. So for 12 months, I was traveling around the United States, you know, doing shows with Mickey and Minnie. And then I had, you know, there was, and then I would introduce um, like Britney Spears and NSYNC and stuff like that to the stage. And then we would show, show movies. So for a year after that, I was just traveling around the United States, just doing these, these, these shows. Uh, and then, yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. You know, you, you get a, you get a lot of recognition, but you don't realize how annoying that is. <laughs> it's pretty yeah. annoying and it's, and it sucks. That's why I eventually quit. I, 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 you know, there were some opportunities for me to do certain things and I just, uh, I just didn't really want to do it. You know, I, I never really had the, uh, the need for money, which is, which is a blessing uh, for me. And, you know, the, having people like chase you down the street or, or ask you for autographs and stuff like that. I, I didn't really want that. And the audition process was, was horrible. And, you know, it, it, so much rejection. I was like, well, I, I just don't really need to do this anymore. And so then, you know, at like what, 25 years old, I decided to stop and then uh, start working with my family. Sure. And I think, you know, we see this all the time with these child stars and child actors who kind of burn out by, you know, their 20s, and they not always are able to deal with the fame and the money that comes at such a young age. I'm curious, you know, you seem very down to earth, and you've obviously established a family and a, and a life in Austin. Um, what do you what do you attribute that to? Was it your parents growing up? Was it just, you know, your own um, personality? How do you think you're able to withstand all that kind of pressure at a young age? Well, 100%, I think it's toward your family. Um you know, if you don't have something to fall back on, um, once you hit, once once you start making a lot of money, um, then if you don't have a family that already ha- is making money, um, or that has, uh, you know, you have something to fall back on, you're you're everyone's looking at you to pay their bills, right? Mm-hmm. So then then you're you're now it becomes not something you want to do, but something you have to do uh, to to provide. Um, and I got lucky. My family has always provided for me. I never had to, um, I never, I never needed a car, right? I never needed money to go out with. I never needed a home. I never, I mean, I didn't have to work for it. So, you know, my parents always told me, do what you want and I'm going to help you do what you want. Um, and so you don't have to worry about those, those financials, which is, I, I don't need to pay for a car. I don't need to pay for a home. I don't need to pay for rent. I don't need to pay for my insurance. Uh, so then you're you're free to express yourself and figure out what you want to do in life. 
And that's that's where I was. I was very blessed in that in that way. A lot of actors, uh, kids, they're they're going to LA because they need it, right? They need it. So they're gonna be a waiter, they're gonna they're gonna, you know, be a busser, they're gonna do whatever they have to do to become an actor. And then once they get that money, they're gonna have to support their families. And then then it becomes a, a business, not something that you love. It becomes something that you have to do. And I never I never had to do it. And when I was ready to, to stop doing it, I just said, you know, I don't want to do this anymore. And I, I told my parents, you know, I want to start flipping houses and I want to start um, a construction business. And this, I, I want to get out of that. My parents were, you know, they're like, yes, okay, we'll help you do that as well. So my parents were always very good with money. They always showed me how to uh, move my money around and, and, and make a better life for myself. And so, yes, you know, I, I was just very lucky in that aspect that I was able to, you know, move from acting into something else like all these other kids aren't able to do. They move into drugs and then they don't have family that's there to back them. And, and then they're, they're, they're spiraling, spiraling out of control. So it, there's, there's a difference, you know, you just, you know, you'll, you'll see people that are very good you know, they're doing very good. That has a, a great support system. And then there's people that don't have a support system. Yeah. And I think we saw that. I don't know if you got a chance to see Honey Boy uh, about basically Shia LaBeouf's life. And it really goes into gruesome detail about him trying to grow up in L.A. and supporting his family as a child actor in and out of motels. And I think that really portrays what it's like for a lot of a lot of child actors, as you mentioned. Well, you know, I've, I've hung out with Shia quite a few times. He was a, a good friend of mine, him and Ty Hodges, because Ty Hodges was with him on, on Even Stevens. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, there's there's a point where, you know, alcoholism, you know, can really take over. You know, drug abuse, um, all that stuff is, is very potent. And in Los Angeles, when you're when you're out there and you're acting, it's it's rampant. I mean, people would just give it to you on, you know, Coke or whatever you want on massive amounts of scale. And especially if you start having a name for yourself, uh, people want to manipulate you and they want to take advantage of you because they want to make money off of you. So, the, you know, what happened to Shia, Shia knows, I mean, he was, he, he got it, he alcohol and man, bang, 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 bang. And people want to take, take advantage of him. And you can see it in his face now. You can see it if you look at him. You know, in, in in his face and in other people's faces, like there's that there's that look of like, man, I've been man, I've been used up. You know, yeah. people people have been ta- people have been taking advantage of me, and they do that in this industry. So if you don't have people like right, like your mom, your dad, your grandma, your grandpa, your brother, your uncle, your aunt, your best friends, if they aren't right there with you, saying, hey man, this isn't right, you shouldn't be doing this. If you if you are taking care of everyone around you, you don't have those people being like, pull back, stop, think, just wait a minute, and let's let's figure this out. Then then you get into those situations, which you know, like you said, there's you know there's Shia LaBeouf, there's uh, you know uh, you know what uh, Paris Hilton. I mean, all those uh, there's just so, Nicole Richie, you know Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. Even though they're billionaires, I mean. They, Every one of them, you know, Heath Ledger, they all hit it. You know, there was no one there around them to uh, to, to to stop that. And, 
and uh, that and that's what happens. I was just lucky enough that I pulled back, and I love you know my life here in Austin. I got ten acres. Um, I don't I don't have a house payment. You know, I got three homes on my property. I got a workshop. I got a wedding chapel. Um, I got multiple cars. Uh, everything's paid off, and, and my parents taught me how to do that. And uh, I don't have to worry about uh, you know the my foreseeable future. And in that business, when people are like, "Hey, I want to go to California. I want to, I want to be an actor," you don't realize uh, what what is actually entailed to actually do that. So you're giving up a lot of a lot of your personal, you know, your, your personality. You're, you're submitting to a lot of people that are allowing to take you know take advantage of you. And and if you don't do that, then you're not going to be in in the top ten percent. Um, and I kind of want to, you touched on it, but I want to get into what you're doing now a little bit. And I see you've got it into the shell business and custom storage. What was the inspiration for that? Well, when I was, uh, when I told my parents I wanted to stop doing it, uh, stop acting anyways, um, I had owned a, uh, with my brother, I have owned a, a window washing company for like 10 years. So while I was acting, I actually owned a window washing company. So I had 250 storefronts. Um, I had 10 employees, um, and that were, that were washing windows. I, I, I washed every window on, um, Beverly Hills, Melrose, third street promenade, um, Laguna beach. Um, I mean, it, I, I had a whole bunch of properties. So, and then, uh, I, I wanted to, after I decided to, to, to sell the business with my brother, we decided to move to Texas and we moved to Texas. We realized that there isn't a market for window washing. You could do, uh, you know, uh, commercial window washing, but then I have to get million dollar insurance and, and so forth. Uh, so I decided to start flipping houses. Um, my brother decided to start uh, opening up gyms. So he opened up a couple of gyms and uh, me and my dad decided to start flipping houses. And then we realized after flipping a couple of houses that the people that made the most money were the people that were remodeling the homes for the person that's flipping the houses. So then I got into, okay, what are the, the most valuable places in the home, which is, Hey, I, I need to remodel a kitchen. I need to enter entertainment center, uh, a closet, uh, a bathroom, uh, your, your garage and which places can I get in and out in one day and make over a couple thousand dollars in a day. Uh, and so I was like, okay, so I can do that in a closet. I can do that in a kitchen, in a bathroom, a media center, and a garage. I can I can build all of those in one day, and I can make between two and $10,000 in a day. And so then um, I went and, you know, I went and opened up a, a, a garage, and so I bought CNC machines, and I started being able to manufacture everything and so that's that's when it started i was just like this is this is how i i can make my money and so then i started manufacturing all the products that i was wanting to do in these homes so now i build kitchens and, and garages and, and closets and, and and you name it and then i get in and out in a day and i don't have to worry about anything else so it was a it was just like a gradual evolution of you know the process of figuring out what people need um, what I, how I can make the most money and how I can get in and out 
Sure. No, it seems like you found a market and exploited it. Uh, I can't thank you enough for your time. I just had quick rapid-fire questions for you, and then I'll let you go. Um, there is a scene in the 13th year where you eat fish food, and I just want to clarify, that wasn't actual fish food, right? No, that was, <laughs> no, that wasn't actual fish food. <laughs> Uh, as someone who visits often fairly frequently, and I'm, I think you're probably, you probably live outside the, the city, but I'm curious as to what some of your favorite barbecue and taco spots are. Oh, man. Um, I would say the Salt Lake is, is the best barbecue spot because it's all you can eat for 20 bucks. Um, there is, uh, oh, man, tacos. I'm not, a, I'm not really a big, a big taco person. Okay. Um, if if there was a taco spot, it would be Jose's that's off the 290, and they give you these burritos that are like for five bucks that are like four pounds, and they give you a shot of tequila with it. <laughs> that's probably there's there's another place that's called State Line, uh, that's um, that's off of 360. That's amazing at uh, barbecue spot. Uh, at what age will you show your kids the 13th year on their 13th birthday? Man, I you know what? I got to tell you the truth. I've never actually watched my movie. Really? <laughs> yeah, I've never actually watched it. Like, watched the whole thing through. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.